we go. Good to see everyone this morning. I hope you don't mind. I'm a, I'm a walker. I like to walk around every now and then and, and just be part of the group. It's very good to be back here this, this morning. I haven't been here in, I guess, a little over a year, year and a half. And it is good to see everyone this morning. There's a lot of new faces. And if I haven't met you, I look forward to doing so. There's others that I grew up with way back in grade school here. And it's good to see you too. You know, this year is kind of a different year. I don't know if, if y'all walk around with one of these in your pocket all year long. Whoever knew that we were going to go into a bank wearing a mask, right? And yet here we are in the year 2021, and everything seems totally discombobulated and out of place. And the more I thought about that, the more I thought, you know, there's a lot of people who really don't know anything about Jesus. And so what I wanted to do this morning was kind of talk a little bit about getting to know Jesus because truly He is the central part of who we are and what we're doing. So as we think about Jesus and whatever concepts come to your mind, I want you to, as you're thinking about that, I want you to take a look at some pictures. Some of these you will recognize, some of them you may not. But as we look at these, I want you to try and identify what they are. Now, a lot of these you may know because you may have seen them. They're all pictures of movies, by the way. You may have seen these movies, and you know all about them. There's some you may not have seen, and you might not know anything about them. Now, if you didn't know anything about them, and all you had was one picture, what kind of story would you tell? Could you get the whole gist of the two-hour movie from a picture? It's kind of hard to do, isn't it? In fact, to be honest with you, I can probably tell just about any story I want to from one picture. And here's my point. The world tends to do that with Jesus. From one picture, from one statement, from one miraculous event, or from one episode in his life, they try to tell you everything they know and everything that's to be known about Jesus without ever really getting to know him. It's just like trying to tell that movie story from one picture. And so this morning what I'd like to do is to begin building a framework for you that maybe you can build on in getting to know Jesus. Because that's the most important thing in this life that you can do. You can go to work and make money all you want to. You can go and, and try to take care of everybody in the world. But if you don't know Jesus, by the end of it, you've got nothing left. The Bible says, what shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? That soul is the most important thing you have control over. In fact, sometimes it's the only thing we have control over, really. And so I want you to think about Jesus and who he is and, and how do I get to know him? And the next question in is, where do we begin? Now, if you begin in the Gospels and you begin in Luke, or excuse me, Mark, Mark begins the story of Jesus with the ministry of John the Baptist. That's where Jesus' story begins, John the Baptist. If you go to Luke, 
or Matthew, excuse me, Matthew begins with his genealogy. This is his lineage all the way back to Abraham. And then here's Luke. Luke begins with the foretelling of John the Baptist and then Jesus' genealogy and then they all get into his life and ministry. Now all of those are a good starting place if you're just looking at his earthly existence, but John is a little different. He begins by looking at Jesus' divine beginnings. Where was he before? Who is Jesus? He begins with the eternal story of Jesus. In John chapter 1 and verse 1 through 2, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God. Jesus is described here as the very beginning, and as you look at Jesus, we find that there's more to him than just the birth on earth, which is a miraculous thing and a wonderful story and things that you need to know. But to really get to know Jesus from the beginning is to look at where he started. And you really don't know where he started. He was just in the beginning so far. You see, there's evidence of Jesus' preexistence. And the world really doesn't want to admit that Jesus existed before his existence on earth. That's like saying you existed prior to coming into being and being born. But you and I are not Jesus. And so let's learn a little bit about Jesus. What evidence do we know of his preexistence? Well, there is John chapter 1, verses 1, and, and you read through verse 5. It says that nothing was made that was made, but it was made with, that, with him. In him was life, and the light was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. You see, Jesus is told here in John that he began from the very beginning. And as we see those words there, we see through him all things were made that he was from the very beginning. We find that Jesus, from the very beginning, became flesh down in John chapter 1. This word that we're talking about, it says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and, was, and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, this is he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Jesus existed long before the universe existed, long before creation came into being. He was before everything. No, he was not created to create. He was the creation. He was the Word. If you look at, at the very uh, words here in Hebrews chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, it says, God in the, in the past spoke to us and to our, uh, through our forefathers, through our prophets, and many times and in various ways, but in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He has appointed heir of all things, and through whom He made the universe. Not only did Jesus exist before the creation, 
but he was the agent of creation. He was the creative agent. In the beginning, we find that God talked to him and or that God spoke and it came into being. We'll see that here in just a minute. In John chapter 1, verse 3, Through him were all things made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Jesus was there creating everything that we have, that we see, that we know. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, it says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things consist. So in addition to Jesus being there in the beginning, he was the agent of creation. All things were created by him, for him, and he's before all things. You know, these are New Testament passages that speak to his pre-existence. But there's also the Old Testament we talked about just a minute ago. In Genesis chapter 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The word God there is Elohim, and Elohim actually means the plurality form of a singular existence. That means it is talking about Jesus. And then it goes on to say in the second verse, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. There is the word creating. Isn't that interesting? The word is there. In Genesis 1.26 it says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So our understanding of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is evidenced all the way back in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 3, it says, After the fall of man, it says, And the Lord God said, The man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He didn't say he's like God's. He says he's like us in the fact that he can now figure out what's good and what's evil, what's right and what's wrong. And then in Genesis chapter 11, 7, he says, let us go down, let us go down and, and confuse their language so they will not be uh, able to understand each other. Now all of these stories point to the fact that Jesus was there in the very beginning creating, making, he pre-existing everything. And this is a fundamental understanding of who Jesus is. If you're going to know Jesus, then the first thing we have to do is understand that he pre-existed everything. He was before all things. Jesus, even in his teachings, points to his pre-existence. Think about what he said. He, he made numerous statements during his ministry that pointed out that he was before everything. Where had Jesus been before he came to earth? He had been and is with God. Now, if Jesus had been born thousands of years after Abraham, how is it that he was existing before Abraham was born? Look at what he says here. Jesus said, what if, I, what if you see the Son of Man ascend up to where he was before? When you look at Jesus and, and you watched him, they said, they said, 
What if you watch me ascend where I was where? When? Before. He even says in talking to them, in John the 8th chapter, says, I tell you the truth, before Abraham was born, I am. Now, those of you that study Scripture could go back to Moses when he says, who should I say sent me? What did he say? You tell them, I am has sent me, right? And Jesus said, before Abraham, I am. He was the I am. He was there before everything. He said before all of that, he was there. You see, the truth is, Jesus, in pointing to his preexistence, tells us that he is the one to whom we should look to. This is the one I meant, John said in John chapter 1, verse 30, when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. John and Jesus both in the Old Testament corroborate that Jesus was there from the very beginning. So obviously we see in Scripture then that he was there from the very beginning, from before all things. And you say to me, well, Sean, what does that mean to me? Jesus said, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. He was such that he shared the glory of God with God the Father. Isn't that amazing? You see, the Jesus that we worship, the Christ, the Savior, is part of Elohim. And he is before all things. In Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 5, it said, Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Our God, Jesus, did something no other God has done. He set aside that glory and became one of us. So you see how this pre-existence and the significance of Jesus' pre-existence begins to play into who we are and what we understand and, and how we know about Jesus. You see, there's a lot of significance in the existence of Jesus before everything began. You say, well, what does this matter to me? I mean, okay, so he was here before everything. Think about the implications of that because it's a really big deal and it has all kinds of things to tell us. And I'm just going to tell you about three of them right quick. Jesus is God. First and foremost, his preexistence proves that he is God. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, and Jesus came and spoke to him saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. He's God. He has all the authority. One version writes it that all power is given to me in heaven and earth. You understand what that means? Now, I don't run a company or anything like that. But, you know, in my family, my rule was law when it came to my son. 
Do you understand that Jesus' word rules as law? That he has all the authority. God the Father has placed it in his hands and said, it's all yours. And God, as we know him, tells us what he expects. He also cares for us. And I know that's strange because in all your other applications of God throughout mankind, they do not have a God who really cares. Either the God that they worship doesn't really exist. Well, they don't. But to them, they set it up and they left, or they're very jealous and petty and always in the affairs of mankind. <coughs> our God's a little different than that. You see, our God loves us, and he cares for us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 through 10, it says, In this the love of God was manifest toward us, that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation or the substitution for our sins. He's the substitute sacrifice, and that's a whole different series of lessons to get into. But understand that you and I, standing before God, deserve the punishment that he took because he cares for us. You see, we're not a creation that God set loose and said, hope you make it. We're a creation that he loves, he worries about, he cares for, and he thinks about constantly. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 28, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Does this sound like a God who doesn't care about you? Does this sound like a God who doesn't care? worry about anything that you have to do and that when it's done he's going to burn it all up anyway it don't matter sound like a God who because of his magnificence doesn't really you know want us or around the truth is he loved us enough to die for us to make us in a way that would present us as good before him Think about number three. In order to do that, because he is our God and he cares for us, he has a plan. You know, we were talking earlier this morning, some of us, about you plan for our children and they're not planning things out and they don't have a plan coming up and, oh, I don't know what I want to do and I don't think I want to do that. And You know, teenagers, they never know exactly what they want to do anyway. But from the very beginning, Jesus had a plan. God had a plan for us. In John chapter 1, or John chapter 17, verse 24, excuse me, it says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. And to see my glory, the glory you have given me, because you loved me before the creation of the world. Not only does Jesus love us, the Father loves him and this plan. The ones that he's been given, he wants with him. So let's think about that for just a minute in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 19. But with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained 
before the foundation of the world that was manifest in these last times for you. You see, all of the things that happened with Jesus on earth as a man, starting at his birth, were foreordained. That means they were already written down. They were ready to happen. The Bible says when the time was right, the fullness of time was come, Jesus came to earth in the form of man. He lived like one of us. No other God would do that. No other God would think about doing that. No other God could do that. But Jesus could. Jesus brought to fruition the last times for us that we're in right now. But again, that's a whole other story to get to know who Jesus is. You see, His plan is glorious. When you boil everything down with Jesus, His plan is a glorious plan. No eye has seen, nor heart, nor ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those that love Him. If you've ever read Revelation, and you read about the throne room and the sea of glass and all the beasts around. and John was trying to describe something that was indescribable. And he put it in terms of the day that just blew everybody's mind. Opulence, luxury, grandeur. He, he couldn't get it all in there. We can't really understand the glorious things that God has planned for us. It's not an accident. God has something in mind for each and every one of us through Jesus Christ. In John chapter 14, beginning verse 3, it says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You see, Jesus prayed to God that the ones that he gave him, he wanted with him. And now he says, I'm going to pre prepare a place for you. It's all part of the plan. <coughs> Jesus wants to save us. In this life that God wants to give us, it's more glorious than we can imagine. You say, well, I don't understand it here because we're in the middle of COVID. Well, yeah, but there's been other diseases. There's been other ravages throughout the world. There's been other wars. There's been other dissimulations. We get so caught up in what's going on in this world, we forget that we're just traveling here learning to exist together so that when we are with Christ, it's all better. And it'll make sense. Anybody have family they don't exactly get along with? Yeah, apparently I do. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. I've got a brother. He and I don't always see eye to eye. My sisters and I growing up, man, it's pretty rough sometimes. You know, the truth is, being around them, I learned how to be around people how to be around brothers and sisters in Christ. And being around you this morning broadens my understanding of brotherhood and sisterhood and family in Jesus Christ.
And it's all in preparation so that Christ can receive me as much as you into heaven. We're traveling through. We're learning how to live in a different reality. We're learning to look at the world in a different way that's not the same as everybody else. We do that because Jesus was before all things, created all things, and has a plan for all things. So we need to think about that glorious plan. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor mind has conceived of the things prepared for those that love him, and this life, God wants to give us even more than what we have here. So as we strive to get to know Jesus ever more, to try to be more clear about what we understand, we begin to get a glimpse of Jesus, not just of his birth, not just through the genealogies, but through the record of time before we ever thought about existing. Before he ever put foot on this earth, he was alive and well. He was reigning with God in all their glory. And he was creating and sustaining all things. In getting to know Jesus, we have to understand that Jesus was God. He's the Word. He's the truth. He cares enough to prepare a place for us to come and be one with us. And he has a plan to save us from our sins. All of these things are there in Scripture if you want to just read them. And I'm going to share you a quick synopsis of his plan for salvation with us this morning. First off, we have to believe. In John chapter 20, verse 31, it says, But these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing... You may have life in his name. You see, we have to believe. Why do you think the scriptures were written? I'll set my Bible down up here. It's not just a coffee coaster. This is the book of life, they call it. Things were written in here so that we might believe. And believing, we might have life in his name. Matthew 10, verse 32, Jesus said, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him will I also confess before my Father who is in heaven. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus came and died for my sins. You see how openly we can confess it. But what about out there? Can we confess it to someone who's asking us, Do you believe? Do we have an understanding of why we believe? Hopefully this gives you a starting place in getting to know Jesus and believing in Him. In Luke chapter 5, verse 32, it says, I've not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. He goes on to say, there's none righteous. No, not one. That we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's what Jesus came to save us for is because we don't have an understanding without Him of our place before God. And lastly, He says we need to be baptized. 
Mark chapter 16, verse 16, because we believe and we're baptized, we'll be saved. But if we don't believe, what good is a baptism? Isn't that really what Mark 16, 16 is all about? It's not about just getting wet. It's about, by, it's about believing that in baptism, we come into contact with the blood of Christ, we rise up to walk a new life, and Jesus forgives us of our sins. Again, more study, more things to learn. You know, as children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, we're not supposed to just say, I believe, and then walk off. But it's a constant study and learning and getting to know our Savior. As John completes his prologue to his gospel, he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness comprehends it not. You know, it's sad that given all of the things and all of the historical evidences and all of the apologetics that we could get into, and that's not the purpose here this morning, but understanding who Jesus is, many people choose to turn away and walk in darkness, to be blinded to the truth. Let's be sure that we're not among that group of people this morning. Let's allow the life and the light of Jesus into our lives by obeying His gospel plan of salvation and becoming a child of God through Him. And then let Him begin to transform us daily into who we're supposed to be. John chapter 20 verse 31 tells us that the Bible was written that we might believe and have life in His name. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 36, it says, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is before all things. He's done something wonderful for us in John chapter 1 verse 12 says, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Isn't that amazing? God is not a God who has forgotten us. God is not a God who is imagination. God is not a God who has, for, for some reason or other, decided that we don't need to worry about him and he doesn't need to worry about us. God, through Jesus, has made it easy for us to know him. I encourage you this morning, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, you need to. Those listening can call and talk to an elder or deacon, evangelist, those that are here and not know Jesus, we're here. We're ready. This congregation has able men to teach and to study and to help you in your journey in learning about Jesus. Get to know him. I think you'll find that he is one of those people in, the, in history and in our lives that far outshines everything else that we could do. And if for some reason you've turned your back on him, Now's the time to turn around and come home. Now's the time.
Make your desires known as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.